You can go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to grab a chair. <laughs> I did want it. <laughs> I, lo- I, I usually sit in a chair when I teach on Sundays or Wednesdays, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to use it. So we, um, before we actually dive into Scripture and the Word, I just want to give a little update. Um, I kind of stole Kristen's thunder. Sorry, Kristen, wherever you went. Um, she, she probably could have announced this, but I was so excited. So a lot of you guys donated junk. <laughs> so many of you donated junk and stuff uh, to our yard sale. And we had this great yard sale yesterday. And because of all the junk that you donated, we were able to raise... That's pretty awesome. And on top of that, because one of the worst parts about yard sales is the cleanup, we actually had a nonprofit organization, this woman that actually partners with two, they live across the street from the Vandervoorts, Phoenix Textiles and Elena's Blessings came and picked up all of it. And they took it all. Yeah, and they're going to use it to give back, which is huge. But I do want to give a shout-out real quick to Ashley and Zach. They put a ton of work and time, and I appreciate you guys for your servant's attitude. Yes. Okay, so I am so excited. Um, I've been doing, God's been doing a lot of work on my heart for this, uh, this sermon. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see where he takes it because I have no idea where it's going to go. So hang on tight. You guys ready? John, you ready? Okay. So thank you for joining us online. We do miss you and wish you were here. Hi, Pastor Allen. Hope you guys are enjoying vacation. Um, So I want to open by telling a little story. Um, So in May of 2015, this isn't a good story. In May of 2015, our home was broken into. And about $50,000 worth of damage was done to our home. And they wrecked it. I mean, it was, it was wrecked. And thankfully, nobody was home. However, Brandy and Trey pulled up to the house while the guy was still in the house. So you can imagine how scared they were. You can imagine the impact that it had. Luckily, thankfully, Brandy called the cops right away. They came over and actually arrested the guy right in our front lawn. We have no idea why he did it. He just happened to pick our house. He was hopped up on drugs, and um, yeah, so it was pretty devastating, honestly. It was kind of like, it felt like somebody kind of um, took, took our personal space, and it, it felt weird and odd for a while. And in the moments after that, I stayed awake a lot at night. <laughs> it's funny how it was like eight years ago, seven years ago, and I'm still feeling Wondering if I could have done more to protect our home. Wondering if I was prepared enough to protect our home. And I, I stayed up late at night. Like, what happens if it happened again? Well, we were home. Well, what would happen? Am I prepared enough? Am I, am I in a place where I can protect my family? Am I, have I put in the work to make sure that I would be the macho man protector of our home? And I know a lot of us, we go through these different phases in our life where we try to prepare for things. 
And I know some of us have gone through a concealed carry class just in case. We want to be prepared just in case something happens. We teach our kids specific life lessons just in case something happens. We go through these different preparations just in case something were to happen. And we think about like how much time we, we spend preparing for marriage or kids, which you can't spend enough time preparing for kids. Sometimes you can't spend enough time preparing for marriage. I love you. <laughs> That's for her preparing for me. So we spend time preparing for vacation and school and work and retirement. And then sometimes we put off preparing Maybe we put it off, we're like, I'll get to it eventually. I'll get to preparing eventually. And sometimes we become lax in our preparedness. We're like, eh, I'll get to it eventually. Like, it's way down the road. Like, it's not going to happen anytime soon. And then when something happens, we wish we were more prepared. We wish that we had maybe spent a little bit more time preparing. And I think about everything in the world that you and I prepare for and everything that we do our best to get ourselves ready for, and I wonder and I question, how much time do you, Christian, do I, Christian, spend time preparing for death? Spend time preparing for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because as we're learning and as we've seen, Jesus is coming. There's no question, if you are any kind of believer at all, you know that Jesus Christ is coming. Would you guys agree? Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> there is going to be a day when Jesus Christ comes back to get his people. I pray and I hope that you're prepared. I pray and I hope that you're ready. But are you? In this passage that we're going to dive into today tackles that. So again, I want to do a little recap of what Pastor Allen's been preaching through over the last couple weeks. We're, we're in Matthew, if you guys didn't know. I know that's new. We just started it like three years ago. <laughs> but we're in Matthew, and we, uh, Pastor Allen, the last couple weeks, touched on uh, uh, Matthew 23, where Jesus was really getting into the Pharisees, and he's like, you guys, you're not getting it. Like, you need to get it. You're not getting it. He's kind of changing. I feel like Jesus is changing his tone a little bit, and he's like, enough is enough. Like, we got to get it. And then in Matthew 24 last week, we learned that this idea of the abomination of desolation, the great tribulation, the end times, the second coming of the Son of Man. And a lot of these like Christian words that come at you like tribulation and rapture and the second coming and what Alan talked about last week, the abomination of desolation, we can sit on these words and a lot of us can have different opinions on what it means and when the tribulation's coming and there's a lot of theological debates over it. But like I said a couple minutes ago, the main idea that we need to make sure we're getting ready for and preparing for is that the Son of God is coming again. Regardless of what you think about certain theological topics, Jesus is coming. That, that's what we know to be true. That's what we know that we can stand on no matter what. And there's great hope in that that Pastor Allen talked about last week because... There's a reward for believers that we're going to talk about if we live according to him. 
So I'm going to, if we can open up to Matthew 24, and we're going to start in 32. And I'm actually, um, in our sermon prep, we stopped, we stopped someplace on 44, but I'm actually going to go through 51 because it all kind of ran together when I was preparing. So I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to pick it apart together. You guys excited? I, listen, I got to tell you, I love this stuff. I get so excited about picking apart the Bible and really trying to understand what Jesus, which is so cool because these letters are read, which means that Jesus is speaking himself, and I want to know what Jesus is saying. Like, I get excited about, woo, this is Jesus speaking. I want to know. And sometimes, yeah, it is. I don't know who just clapped, but that's exciting. All right, so let's, let's go. We're going to be in uh, Matthew 24, um, and we're going to start at verse 32, and I'm just going to read through it. So here we go. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only but as the days of Noah's were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the day before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then... Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding in the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. In 45, he goes on to say, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat his fellow servants and to drink, eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Woo! Yeah! There's a lot in there, and I'm excited to unpack it with, with you guys. So the main idea that I want to kind of sit through here, oh, there we go, one more, there we go. A faithful servant always remains prepared, always. So as we're going through this, if you consider yourself a faithful servant, a disciple of Christ, a follower of Jesus, you will always be prepared and on the ready, always. You will always, oh, not not just five days out of the week, not just on Sundays, like always. You will always be prepared and ready. A faithful servant always remains prepared and ready. So let's break this down. 
Let's go back to verse 32. I love how Jesus starts this and how, where he brings us. So he says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So he's speaking to us something that we understand, and I love the idea that he's bringing it back to the creator. This is how the creator made creation. This is how it should be. When you see a tree blooming and blossoming, you know that warm weather is to come. That's how God made it to be. He brings it back. He's like, when I was growing up, I don't, I don't know if they still use this in school. Probably not because education's gone a little way different. But core, I don't know what core, common core is. But anyway, so it used to say kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And I feel like Jesus is like doing that for us. He's like, listen, keep it simple. You guys are making it about something that it's not. Like let's look at a fig tree. You look at a tree, you know that when it starts blooming and blossoming, warm weather is going to be there. That's simple, right? If this happens, then that will happen. That's how the creator intended it to be. So he's setting the stage, allowing us to get into this mindset of making sure we're bringing it back to the foundation or the root, which is God, which is the creator. I love that. I love how he starts that off. And then it goes on. So now that you understand that, also when you see all these things, know that it, some translation says he, is near at the doors. So he's saying, listen, when you see, actually, let's go to this, steps in preparedness. So we're going to talk about being prepared and how we can prepare ourselves. So the first step is going back to the foundation of the creator, which is huge. That, that's really where we should start everything, is back to the foundation of the creator. But look at how he goes on. When he's talking about all these things, look at what he says that Pastor Allen preached about last week or two weeks ago. So when you see these things coming, deceivers claiming the name of Christ, nations against nations, pestilence, which if you look up the definition, is actually a fatal epidemic disease. We don't know anything about that. Many will be offended. Many will be betray, betray one another. Many will hate one another. The love of many will grow cold. Writing on the wall, signs. And then he goes on to say in 25, 15 through 28, appearance of the Antichrist, great tribulation on earth. When you see these things coming, Know that Jesus is there at the door, almost there, ready to come in. Are you prepared and are you ready for that? Look at what he says in verse 21. For then there will be a great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world unto this time, no, nor ever shall be. This is going to be the worst thing that you and me, we ever experience. This is coming. It's coming soon. Are you ready? Are you prepared? For me, reading through this and listening to the last few weeks' messages, I got some work to do. I don't know if you do, but I know I do. I know there's some things that I got to make sure I'm prepared. There's some things I got to clear from my heart. There's some things I got to clear from my life that I got to make sure that I'm focused where I need to focus. Pastor Allen, <laughs> when we're golfing and he hits a bad shot, he says, my towards is broke. Like you have to go towards the hole and his towards is broke. Uh, it's a southern thing, I guess. So I think about that as it relates to us. Like, is your towards broke? Like, are you focused on what you should be focusing on, or is your towards broke? Are you going toward the wrong thing? Because you should be going toward Christ. Amen. The step in preparedness. 
Go back to the foundation, the creator. Pastor Allen mentioned this last week. Be aware. Pay attention. Know what's going on around you. If you don't know the state of this country and this world and that it's going to what in a handbasket, <laughs> then you're missing something. There's stuff going on in our world that blows my mind. Some people say that's not a chair. I don't get that. It's a chair. This is a chair. This isn't a tree. People are just making things up. They're like making things what they want it to be instead of leaning on truth and going back to the foundation of how God intended it to be. It's like it boggles my mind. I don't understand how you can be born a man and then change your mind that you want to be a woman. I know that's an elephant in the room, but I'm going to talk about it because that's not how God created it to be. We have to be aware of what's going on. We have to be aware of, of how distracted we can get of the things of this world and the culture of this world because it's so easy for us to get caught up in it. And then not only do we get caught up in it, then we have arguments about it and debates, and it pulls us away from going back to the foundation. And our towards is absolutely broke. We have work to do. We can sit here, and Alan said this last week, and I loved it, and it just resonated with me. We can prepare an amazing message. Pastor Alan, every week, I feel like he kills it up here because he is allowing the Holy Spirit to run through him. But it doesn't matter if it's falling on deaf ears. It doesn't matter if y'all aren't changing. It doesn't matter if the Holy, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work inside of you and being different. And seeing these things of the world that are going so haywire and being like, nah, I'm not getting involved in that. I'm staying right here. My towards is going to be where it needs to be. And that's towards Jesus Christ. But the only way to do that is to prepare yourself and be ready. And that's what he's talking about in this passage. Are we prepared? Are we ready? So he goes on, assuredly in 34, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The word of God is alive and active. Look at it. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the tent of the heart. If you aren't living your life according to the word of God that is alive and active, please shift your towards. Please. This, this is where we should be going for everything. Point number one in your preparedness, go back to the foundation but you know what we do? This is maybe, maybe it's the last thing we look to. Maybe it's the second, third, fourth, fifth thing. we. It should be the first. It should be the absolute first thing that you go to when you're dealing with anything. When you have any questions, when you have any doubt, when you have any emotions, when you have any feelings, when you're struggling with something, go to God. Because this world will make you go in the wrong direction pretty much every time. And then what? And then what? Things keep spiraling downward. Is that how God intended it to be? No. God created this world perfect. There was no sin. 
There was no hate. There was no hurt. There was no death. He made this place perfect until man came and messed it up. Their tours got broke. I wasn't planning on using that as often as I am. <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> I actually, it's not even in my notes. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so let's go on. Look at, the, look at in the preparedness. Go back to the foundation of the creator. Be aware, pay attention. Believe his words above all. Believe his words above my words. Believe his words above Pastor Allen's words. Believe his words above your spouse's words. Definitely believe his words above your kids' words. <laughs> Man, if I was living my life according to Trey, <laughs> I'd be all about Fortnite and basketball. It would be awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, I love you, Trey. So let's go on. So here we have this foundation, the steps in preparedness, the idea that we have to be ready as believers. Jesus is coming, and that's so exciting. But are you preparing yourself so that you are ready when he comes? That's the biggest question that we are gonna talk about this entire time. Are we ready? Let's go on to 36. I love this. God, I just love Jesus so much. I love the word of God because honestly, when you sit and you spend time in it, it makes sense because he does simplify it. Sometimes it's confusing, but if you really study it and you dive deep, you're like, man, you talked about this over 2,000 years ago and it's still going on today. We must be thick-headed. I am. It's not funny. <laughs> 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Only God knows when the Son of Man is coming. Only God. Only God. And I love how he helps us understand how messed up we are. This is great. Look at in 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be coming of the son of man. So this idea that these guys were complacent. Noah, for 120 years, he got the calling for 120 years. He's trying to tell people something's coming. Something's coming, something's coming. Hey guys, you might want to be ready. You might want to prepare yourself. Something's coming, something big's coming. Something, I'm building this humongous ark. Something big's coming. I'm telling you, you got to prepare yourselves. Deaf ears, deaf ears, deaf ears. And they just went on their lives completely complacent and distracted by what was going on. And they missed it. How are you doing with that? The writing's on the wall. There's no question about the state of this country and, and, and the things that we're allowing our minds to go and get distracted with. And are you going to be prepared enough so when Jesus is like, I'm here because I'm going to get to it a little bit, he's going to separate the sheep from the goat. Either you're a sheep on the right hand and he's going to scoop you up and bring him with you or you're a goat and you're left behind. That's scary to me. And it should be scary to you. And I'm not trying to scare you. Yes, I am. <laughs> if it'll make you change, 
You should have this respect fear for God being like, man, you know what? This is true. The word of God is true. It is alive and active. It does pierce every, it, it is. This is the truth. And if you believe that, don't just say it. Live by it. Change your ways. Be the disciple of Christ that God called you to be. That's for all of us. Man, I've made some really, really, really foolish, dumb mistakes in my life. And I am so thankful for the grace of God. Because without him, I have no idea what I would be. Without y'all to keep me accountable, I got some friends that I wish wouldn't keep me as accountable as they do. (laughs) Just kidding. No, I love it. Seriously, continue. Otherwise, I'll keep falling. All right, so let's go on. So believe in his words above all. So let's go to um, 40 and 41. This is kind of interesting, a little take on it. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding in the mill and will be taken the other left. Now, the purpose of this is like I was just talking about. When Jesus comes, he's separating the sheep from the goats, the believers from the non-believers. And you're going to be, you potentially could be standing in a field, he was saying, and boom, they're gone, they're scooped up by Jesus, and you're left here. If you're left here, sorry about your luck, you're going to hell. That, that's, that's truth. If you're not following God, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're not preparing and readying yourself, when Jesus comes, you're going to be separated one way or the other. And where are you going? And then the other idea that I thought was really cool that came up in our sermon prep Tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow is not promised to you, to me. Think about Texas. Those poor children went to school. 19. Little elementary school kids. How do you feel when you send your child off to school now? Like, I, I can't even like, I know it's been going on in the world, but 19 little kids. Tomorrow is not promised to me and you. So if you're not preparing and readying yourself, we got to get back on track. We got to make sure we're going in the right direction. Don't become complacent or distracted. Oh, man, isn't it so easy to get distracted and become complacent? It is so easy, like for real. Like this is a really, really silly example, but I love softball season. Like we have this men's ministry softball season. I absolutely love it. But you know what that does to me sometimes? It distracts me. Sometimes my competitive nature gets the best of me and starts boiling up in me and I got to check it because I get distracted and I get complacent. What is it in your life that's distracting you? Or is it just your whole life where you're complacent? Because that could, that could be somebody in this room or maybe a few of us in this room. But he gives the example of Noah because Noah was telling them and preparing them and he's like, hold on a second, you're, you're distracted, you're complacent, don't be like that. He goes on in 42, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all you do be done in love. This is how we should be living our lives each and every single day as a believer. 
Watch, stand fast in your faith, be brave, be strong, because you're leaning on the heavenly father and your heavenly father, let all you do be done in love. This next verse, 43, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Obviously that took me back to when our house is broken into. But why in the world would how, how you act change just because you know when something's gonna happen? Does that make sense? How, if we know that I'm gonna die tomorrow, I should not change how I'm living. I should be living for God no matter what. No matter when my time is coming, if I know it's going to be when I'm 55, if I know when I'm, it doesn't matter. I need to be living for God every single day of my life the way that he calls me to live for him. Regardless, it's like, why would you change your ways? But we do. If we know something bad's going to happen, we're going to prepare a little bit different. But you know the son of God is coming, Right? So you know what you should be doing and how you should live your life. I'm going to throw this in for Pastor Allen, Micah 6.8. If you don't know what that is, you haven't been listening. <laughs> Therefore, 44, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. We have no idea when he's coming, so make sure you're prepared. Don't become complacent and distracted. Be watchful and vigilant. Every single day of your life. Be watchful and vigilant. It is so important as we go through this crazy, crazy thing we call life to make sure we're being watchful and vigilant. All right, this is where, this is where we kind of extended it a little bit. You guys ready? What time? Anybody know what time it is? All right, cool. I appreciate that. <laughs> Pastor Allen's not here. I won't get in trouble. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, here we go. Let's go on to uh, 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. So this is, this is a parable, a story that Jesus is making up to help us understand. So he's like, are you acting the way that you should act? So he's saying this master left the guy in charge of the household. If the master comes home and the guy's doing what he's doing, awesome. I'm going to get you in charge of more things because you're doing what you should be doing. I was at a funeral a couple weeks ago, Miss Linda's mom's, and the pastor said something really cool that resonated with me. And he said, if Jesus were to come back Where are you, and would Jesus be okay where you're at? Obviously, he came back right now. That'd be pretty cool. But think about at night when you're all by yourself. If Jesus were to come back right then, and he sits down next, and you'd be like, hey, man, what are you looking at on the computer? You going to be able to share that with him? If Jesus comes back when you're at work having a conversation with a coworker, are you going to invite him in the conversation? When Jesus, if Jesus comes back, when you are having conversation with your spouse, 
Are you going to invite them in that conversation? When you're disciplining your kids, are you going to invite them in that conversation? When you're driving down the highway, are you going to let them sit next to you? My buddy Bryce was telling me that in his office, he's got a chair that sits right here in the corner, and he doesn't let anybody sit there. And when somebody tries to sit there, he's like, nope, that's where Jesus is sitting. That's a great reminder. That's a fantastic reminder. We want to make sure that we are living no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are. When Jesus comes back, you are good. Not too sure all of us can say that for all the time. And I know each one of us, we have something rolling around in our mind. That, And if that thing is rolling around in your mind right now, that's the Holy Spirit working on you. Saying, hey man, get rid of that. You don't need that in your life. That's making your towards broke. I think that was like 17. <laughs> 17 times I use that. So there we are. If, if you are. if you are, if I put you in charge of something and you're doing a good job, I'm going to give you more responsibility. You're doing a good job. But look at the flip side of that. In 48, but if that evil servant says in his heart, my master's delay, delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of. Those of us that are like, that's not going to happen to me. Jesus isn't going to come yet. I can do whatever I want. I can live my life however I want to live. I can get caught up in this society and culture. I can look at whatever I want to look at. I can date whoever I want to date. I can sleep around if I want to sleep around. That is the incorrect way to live your life as a believer. Incorrect. Live as though today is the day. Every day you wake up, today's the day Jesus is coming. Every day, today's the day Jesus is coming. I'm going to live my life right. I'm going to do what's right. Every single day, every single situation, every single conversation, every single relationship, today is the day. And when you have that mindset, you can lay your head on, on your pillow at night and be like, okay, God, I know I may have thought some things and maybe, but for, I'm good. It is well with my soul. Can you say that every single time you go to bed at night? And if you can't, talk to God about that. This is from our Bible study. Pastor Willie, Miss Janice, and I all have the same Bible study, and it's an amazing Bible study. It's written by um, Holman. Sorry about my, uh, got a little messed up. We must not take advantage of the delay in the massage return by pursuing sinful pleasures. Woo! Read that again. We must not take advantage of the delay in the massage return by pursuing our sinful pleasures. We should not. Run the other direction, Pastor Allen said yesterday, or let's see, last Sunday. Rather, we must live each day as if he, as if it were the day of his return, every day. Every day. And if you have that in your mind, tell me that your actions and your words and your decisions in your relationships wouldn't be different. They would. If you're living like this, prayerfully, if you have any kind of conscience at all, you will be living differently. Do what you should be doing according to, say it with me, God. Not yourself, 
You'll fail yourself every time. Not your spouse, they'll fail you every time. Not your pastor, I'm human, Alan's human. We struggle with the same kind of things that you all struggle with. We do our best to stay, our, keep our towards where it needs to go. Go to God. You do what's right according to him, period. Look at this, James 7, and also be patient. Establish your hearts. I love that idea of establishing your hearts. This is helping you get prepared. This is helping you be ready. Establishing your heart. One of my favorite verses, especially when I'm going through a trial, is uh, Psalm 51.10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That, that is one of those things, there was a time, a season in my life that I said that multiple times a day because my mind just wasn't in the right place. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And as you do that, you're establishing your heart so you are prepared and you're ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ, which I pray we all are. <clears throat> I want to turn to Second Peter because I think this is a great, way to end this. I want you to consider for a moment with me the two guys, really the three, that we read. Matthew, Peter, James. Did they live with Jesus? They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. These guys that are writing these, it's from God, but they are writing, they lived with Jesus. Let's go through this. Second Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in a holy conduct and godliness? How should you be acting? 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat, 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. When we make the decision to follow Christ, when we fully submit, when we follow him, when our towards is right, when we are all in for God and we do our best to get rid of everything else, when we prepare ourselves and when we are ready, there is so much hope in that, that nothing else should matter. The things of this world shouldn't matter. The relationships of this world shouldn't matter. The stuff of this world shouldn't matter because when we are living right, when we are doing right, when we are walking toward Christ, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, this stuff is, doesn't matter because when we do that, he's gonna come back and he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. You are coming with me into glory. I want that. I want that for you. And if you don't want that bad enough, let's get it together. Come see us. Come talk to us. We want you to be a part of this. We want you to get it. We want you to be so on fire for God that you are going out changed and different. This is like the fire of the Holy Spirit that lives with inside of you that you know you can grab a hold of and let him guide you but you got to get out of your own way you got to prepare yourself are you doing enough and I know that sounds weird in the midst of like if we think about salvation but we have a responsibility to live our lives according to God 
We have choices to make every single day of our lives. What direction are you going? Are you prepared and are you ready? Because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming whether you're ready or not. He is outside the door. What if he comes through that door right now? Are you ready? Are you going to be one of the people sitting here being like, oh, I shouldn't have waited? If you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to open that up opportunity for you right now. Let me read you some things to help you understand. In Romans, it talks about this Roman road and it goes through and it says, Romans 3.10, there is no one righteous, no, not one. None of us is good enough for the love of God. All sin and fall short of the glory of God. Sin entered the world through man. Death passed on to man, all sin. The wage of sin is death. If you do nothing about your sin nature and you purposely live with the sin nature and you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not going to heaven. That's what the Bible tells us. You're going to be faced with the God and he's going to be like, I didn't even know you because you're not following me the right way. You weren't ready. You weren't prepared because it is so important that we do that. He goes on to say, Jesus died for our sins, for your sins and for my sins so that we had a way to heaven. We can have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which is so exciting. He literally wants to have a personal relationship with you and with me, and that's exciting. But he goes on to say in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Have you done that? Have you secured your place in heaven? Have you given your life over to Christ? Because if you haven't, don't let another day go by. Do it right now. Do it today. In fact, people are clapping because they know. They know that they know that they know that the Son of God is coming. And in order to go to heaven, you need to place your relationship and secure your relationship with Jesus Christ. So with every eye closed and every head bowed right now, if you're a deacon, if you could please come up on the stage, pastor, deacon, Pastor Charlie, Miss Janice, if you guys could come up on, sit, sit up here in the altar with me, I'd appreciate it. Every eye closed and every head bowed right now. If you are sitting in this room and you have not given your life over to Christ, if you had not said, yes, Jesus, I want you, you to be Lord of my life, God. I want to be this new creation. I want my old self to die and I want to be made new in and through you. If you are that person sitting right here, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your head. Just repeat after me. Let today be the day that you give your life over to Christ, knowing that you need to be different. If you were that person, repeat after me, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I fall short of your glory. I know that I'm not alone. Everybody falls short of the glory of God. I am so thankful that you sent Jesus to die on the cross 
for my sins. I believe that in my heart. God, please come into my life and be Lord of my life. I am confessing the name of the Lord right now. I believe it in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. And still with every eye closed and head bowed, if you said that prayer, can you please lift your hand up for me so I can pray for you? <sighs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah, I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. If you would be so bold, I know this is a big step, but nobody's looking. And honestly, even if anybody is looking, you just gave your life over to Christ. If you would be so bold to please come up to the altar right now and let somebody here talk with you. If you would please be brave enough to get out of your seat right now and come to the altar if you raise your hand. And if you don't want to do that, come find somebody afterward. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I am in awe of you. I am so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful that we can lean and go to you as our creator. I'm so thankful that we have a way to have a deep, intimate relationship with your son. God, thank you for all that raised their hand today, God. I pray that you give them the boldness and the courage to step out and come talk to somebody about their decision to follow Christ because it's the biggest and best decision of their life. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this moment. Allow us to continue to prepare for you. We love you so much, God. In your great name we pray. Amen.